Tape from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, a show where two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you doing? Happy New Year once, a, a, once again, sir. Once again, yeah. We're. I mean, this seems like it should be the last show we wish each, wish each other a Happy New Year, right? Yeah, I think after the second week in January, you can't wish somebody a New Year yeah. anymore. I think like, after the fifth, it's like kind of pushing it, honestly. Yeah, you know what? I, you know what? You're right. I take back my happy, happy New Year. Wow. To okay, you. so that's how it goes. Re- All right. No, I, re- I guess I had that coming. I guess I had that coming. <laughs> I rescind it, sir. <laughs> but we got New Year's on the brain because we're going to do a movie that has a New Year's tie-in this week. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is... Uh... This is a good one. I'm glad we chose this one because honestly, this, I this is probably my favorite. Uh, I guess it's rom com, or it's one of my favorite. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess it is. It is a rom com. Uh, yeah. folks, we're doing. Yeah, we're doing. Uh, when Harry met Sally. Yes. Uh, directed directed by the great Rob Reiner, written by the great Nora Ephron. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan, the late great Carrie Fisher, late great Bruno Kirby. Yeah. Uh, cinematography by. Barry Sonnenfeld, which I didn't even know until just now. Oh, geez, I didn't notice that. I wasn't like looking closely at the opening credits. Wow, Barry yeah, Sonnenfeld, what it says. who just yeah. like a few years later, uh, yeah, became a director in his own right and did quite yeah. well for himself. Yeah, there there are some gorgeous oh, it, shots in this movie. Yeah, really is. It really captures like the the heart. It's it's a very New York movie. I feel like it is one, of, is the one of the quintessential New York movies. Man, I I actually wrote I, that in my notes. I feel like this is like one of those movies where people saw it in the theaters back in, uh, it came out July 14th, 1989, a summer movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is one of those movies when people saw it in the theaters were like, oh, I got to move to New York. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, it, it romanticizes the city. Uh, it, a, New York looks great. I mean, New York looks incredible in this movie. And yeah, it really looks appealing. I mean, New York's a cool city anyway. I mean, but yeah, it really looks good in, in When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, uh, budget on this film sixteen mil went on to make ninety two point eight mil. This was a a huge, huge, huge hit, and that's pretty impressive because I remember the summer of eighty nine. Summer eighty nine was just blockbuster city. It was when Batman was released. You had Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters two, um, what else? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There was a the James Bond movie, License to Kill. It was just it was one of the best summer movie seasons ever, I think. It was a pretty big deal. I, rem- I remember that as well. Like, I feel like this is, uh, I mean, I, I guess it, this really is a reflection of the times. But, like, I felt like this is, like, around a time where you could have a movie where it's, because this movie, there's not much, if any, action in it. It's all just dialogue. All really good dialogue. But, like, yeah. I feel like this, this is, like, in that time where you could have a movie where it was just all dialogue really well done and really good character development. And it still do well in the theaters. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe is part of why it did well. It was it was like a grown up movie. It was just character, and yeah, people were probably jonesing for that because it was like it was all blockbusters like Batman and Indiana Jones and and action stuff like that. And that's and that's perfectly fun. But yeah, you want a little meat with the potatoes, I guess. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And uh, I feel like people forgot that. I feel people, I kind of feel like people forgot what a big deal Billy Crystal 
was in his day, like in eighties and nineties. Like, I mean, this mm-hmm. is one of the big uh, Billy, one of the big films that Billy is known for. And yeah. like, I, I feel like if it's it's weird because like he's a guy he doesn't really have leading man good looks or anything like that, but he's super funny and really charismatic. And he, mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the reasons why this film is such a great film and it does so well. And yeah, I mean Anna. this. This movie uses him really well. He and Meg Ryan have a great chemistry together. It's it's written wonderfully. Um, it's directed really well. It looks great, like we were saying, with uh, Barry Sodenfeld doing some just gorgeous shots in this. Um, yeah, it's a really good-looking movie, man. Absolutely. All right, so, uh, yeah, so this is the movie we're going to talk about, When Harry Met Sally. But before that, oh yes. we, got some S- we got some SNL news. Oh, yeah, we got a little bit of SNL news. SNL finally announced when they were coming back. It was a little up in the air because uh, we ha- apparently had some COVID outbreaks in the cast and crew. We still don't exactly know what the full story was there. I don't know if we'll ever find out what the full story was. Uh, but we did kind of a in a half a show for, for the Paul Rudd show back in December. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that show was... Uh... It was interesting. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we ended the year on like like literally just five people on a stage wearing masks saying goodbye everybody, happy new year. Yeah. And just a lone piano player Here, and a lone some free tapes we did. <laughs> yeah. Here's some free tapes and some clips. Enjoy Merry Christmas. <laughs> just a lone a lonely saxophone playing in the background. Just <laughs> Oof. Yeah, uh, kind of an anticlimax for the year. I mean, but I, a totally understandable why they did it. You got to be safe. Um, I'm glad that they figured out that apparently it is safe enough for them to come back. And we've got uh, a first time host and a first time musical guest for the show. So that's kind of exciting. Yeah. So uh, next week, January 15th, we have Ariana DeBose hosting mm-hmm. and Roddy Rich with two C's. Musical guesting. Um, uh, uh, initial thoughts when you saw this. In, initial thoughts. Uh, I, I went very Jerry Seinfeld. I was like, "Who are these people? Um, <laughs> who are the ad wizards who came up with this one?" <laughs> yeah, uh, Ariana Debose. It turns out it was somebody I've seen before because she was in Schmigadoon. She's mostly known for like her stage work. She was in the original cast of Hamilton, right? Yeah, she played, uh, people saying, like, she played, like, the bullet in Hamilton. Uh-huh. Um, she made her debut. She was in um, So You Think You Can Dance back in the day. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Well, and then she, she could dance. She could indeed dance. The answer All is right. yes. And then, uh, yeah, then she just did, like, a lot of stuff on Broadway. She was in Bring It On, the musical, uh, Motown, the musical, Pippin. Uh, like Hamilton, like we said, uh, she was in a Bronx Tale on Broadway. Wow. Uh, Don, Donna, the Donna Summer musical. And, um, she's also now, uh, in West Side Story, the movie, the Steven Spielberg remake. She plays Anita. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I know the theater nerd's been going nuts for this, so that's cool. Right. And I remember liking her in Schmigadoon. She played the school marm in that and so and she was good in that so that's the main thing i've seen her and i have not made it out to see west side story as of yet like most of america <laughs> that movie not doing too well 
Yeah. I mean, it looks good. It's, it's a mm-hmm. beautiful shot movie, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. When it, when it first, when I first saw they were making and I was like, West Side Story, I mean, I guess, do we need it? a new West Side yeah. Story take? Yeah. I mean, it, it looks beautiful. Like the, like the sets look great. The way they kind of shot the old New York or the upper, new, the old West Side in Manhattan look fantastic. It definitely captures the era, but I'm like, it's, I don't know. For some reason, it just didn't. It just didn't grab me. I wouldn't it like. I need good. It doesn't that. look risk getting COVID good. Correct. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. It looks wait for streaming good. Yeah, but I mean that's not to say that I, I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's a well done movie and it's technically great. I'm mm. sure the dancing looked fantastic. I'm sure it's amazing, but ah, uh, um, yeah, it's not Spider Man. No Spider Man No Way Home. I'm saying. Well, sure. What is? What is? Um. Uh yeah, and uh so yeah, Ariana DeBose, she's hosting and she's not like a kind of like a household name. Right. Uh but I don't know. I, I feel like she's on the rise. Um I I was looking on uh Twitter, SNL Twitter as I'm yeah, as I'm want to do. And I mm-hmm. saw a lot of people were kind of saying, well, maybe they she got the gig because maybe she's local to New York and if it turns out they can't do the show, it won't be too much of a heartbreak for the people cuz I don't know. I mean, she, like you said, she is one of those people who is known in Broadway circles, but outside of Broadway circles, people are like, I don't, I'm not sure who that is. Yeah. So, so I'm just, so it's, um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what she does. And uh, Roddy Rich, uh, he, I believe he, he's the announcer on The Price is Right, right? Yes. <laughs> he, he got a record deal. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's doing the hip hop. He's down with the brothers. Uh, he added an extra C to his last name, so this will. I'm 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 looking to, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, spit bars, as the yeah. kids say. Offbeat choice, offbeat choice. Um, yeah, yeah. he's uh, Roddy Rich is somebody that neither one of us has, has heard of. Uh, we know we know he's a rapper. That's about it. Um, haven't checked out any of his stuff yet. I'm probably just going to come to a cold on the show. That's how I usually do it with the musical guests because I, I am at an age where I've heard of very few of the musical guests on SNL. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm, I guess, yeah, I'll probably come to him cold. Like, I think I'm at that point where I just like, I guess the hip, I'm, I'm a big hip hop head, but I just like the hip hop. You like the I hip and with. you like the hopping. I like it. I like the hips and I like the hops, but I mm-hmm. just kind of like the hip hop that I grew up with. Like the, you know, hip hop in the eighties, nineties yeah. and early aughts. Like yeah, I that's find, how it starts. That's how it starts. Yeah, but but then like I find like the newer rappers, like the stuff that are kind of mumblecore rap, and it's all auto tuned, and it, I I just can't get into it. Like I think anything past any rapper that came out past twenty ten, I'm like I don't I don't dig it, unless wow. it sounds like the hip hop I grew up with, and gotcha. I'm like I'm and I'm fine with that, and and yeah. that's okay. So. so, I mean, so we'll see. This is this is what we're going to get this coming Saturday. I uh, hope it's a good show. Hope everybody bounces back. It'll be interesting to see if, like, we're missing any cast members or anything like that. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think I the only everybody... things we can count on for sure is Keenan will be there. And I think it's a safe bet that Cecily Strong will not be because she's still doing her uh, Broadway show, The Search for Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe. Right. I mean, I think we talked about that, too, how much of a bummer it is for Cecily not to be there because she is a a theater kid. And to have a host who is from the theater, 
of Broadway. Mm-hmm. And somebody and she's like, worked with before too. Yeah. Right. Yes. Of course. So to have to have her not be there while she hosts is like, uh, it's got to be hurting Cecily a little bit. Yeah. Well, you, you can't do every single thing. I mean, you know, who knows? Maybe she can pop up on a pre-tape thing. Um, maybe. Maybe. Maybe they did do a pre-tape. That's a good. Idea. Yeah. I didn't even think of who that. Who knows? Who knows? Anything is possible. Anything is possible. So. So, anyway, yeah. So that's, so, so that's the show next week. So, so stay tuned, guys, for that. So, yeah, and it's interesting that they just announced, like, the one show. I guess I guess they're just taking it show by show and seeing how it goes. So Yeah, that, that seems to be the way they're doing it. You don't want to, you know, man makes plans and God laughs type of thing, where, like, I think if they, you know, plan out ahead, then, you know, who knows what will happen. Like, this whole Omicron... Delta Cron, you know, Shaka Khan thing will get even worse and worse. Yeah. And, you know, then they'll have to cancel everything. Like they had to cancel the Paul Rudd episode. And well, I, I, feel, I feel like they probably have other hosts and musical guests lined up, but maybe they're just not going to announce them quite yet. And you know, like not before they absolutely have to. We'll, mm. we'll probably find out on the January 15th show, you know, what they're doing on the 22nd. So, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if they're still going to have a, an audience. Like how... Like, uh, how is this going to work? Is, is the full cast going to be there? Is the full band going to be there? Yeah, Crew? it'll be interesting to see. This, uh, I don't know. We'll see how this all pans out. We don't know. We don't know. Mm. We don't it's... know. I'm just, I'm just, I hope they don't have to go back to doing SNL at home. I mean, uh, that was, that was fine for what it was, but it's, you know, it's not really the show. That is true. It, it's, uh. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, it, there's just something about the energy of performing live in front of a live audience, getting those fresh, hot reactions from the audience, whether it be yeah. cheers or booze. With, you know, people who are in the same room with each other. Right. That's a nice where, thing. <laughs> the room where it happens. Right. Ah, see? Yeah, yeah. I see. You, you tied it all back to Hamilton. Aha! Aha! So, uh... Yeah, we'll see what happens, guys. Hopefully, it, uh, it'll all work out. Hopefully, you're able to be safe. And, you know, they'll be able to put on a show with all the safety precautions in place. And um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. And uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated. We'll keep you posted. Yeah. So, okay. so, uh, so when Harry met Sally. Yes, when Harry met Sally. Uh, so, I hadn't I hadn't seen this movie in a while, but I remember it's been the f- a while for me too. Yeah, um, this is a this is one of those movies that used to pop up on TV all the time, and it was and it was a movie with it when you saw it playing on TV, you'd just be like, oh, okay, well, I'll just watch till the end of this. Um, and now it doesn't really pop up on TV the way it used to, and I don't know why that is. Did people get their fill of it? Is it? I don't think it's outdated, really. No, if anything. This really holds up. I mean, there's like mm-hmm. a few things here and there that like, you know, when they go to the sharper image to, to pick up a gift for uh, Jess and Marie, their friends, or mm-hmm. like there's like a few dated things here and there. But honestly, for the most part, this is, it it holds up really well. It, it's aged really well. The, the dialogue yeah. is, is still as sharp as ever. Yeah. This I is, mean, just because it's about, it's about character and it's about human behavior yeah, and there aren't too many dated aspects. Like you know, th- there's a cassette player in the in the music thing. Um, oh, the karaoke machine. Yeah, and the karaoke machine. Yeah, and you know, but there's not there's nothing like 
problematic or where it's like, oh, oh, that's really racist by today's standards. I mean, there's yeah. I didn't have any cringe moments like that. Hashtag cancel Billy Crystal. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, everything is everything holds up. I love the dialogue. I love that this. I mean, I think I I said it earlier in this episode where this is one of my favorite uh, rom coms, and like I mm-hmm. kind of was questioning whether this could be considered a rom com, and I think it totally is. Just, and I think one of the reasons I like it so much is because it's just so it's very grounded in reality. Yeah, I'd say because usually when you think of rom coms, you think of you know the the two the man and the woman meet and fall in love through like these crazy circumstances you know these uh cockamamie scenarios have to happen mm-hmm. where like you know the, the the woman has to get the guy at work who she's always hated to play to play along and pretend to be her boyfriend for this wedding and throughout the wedding they actually fall in love and find that they have you know mm-hmm. like, there's always like some weird scenario that has to take yeah. place for them to fall in love to be considered a rom-com or, or one of them's dating an asshole, and that that gives you all these artificial obstacles. There, this isn't any of that. It's just two people they meet in a plausible, realistic way, and it's just about them kind of gradually getting to know each other and coming together over a long, long period of time. And yeah, it's really believable. It's like the type of stories that real people have. Yeah, like uh, the movies when the movie starts, and I also like another thing too, where you see like a lot of personal growth. And all mm-hmm. these characters too, because uh, well, the movie starts in 1977, uh, University yeah. of Chicago, and um, Sally and Harry are driving from. They just graduated college and they go into New York City, and yeah. uh, Harry has a girlfriend, and uh, Sally agrees to drive him to to New York City, and they don't know each other really. They like know each other through a friend. They know each other through Harry's girlfriend, right? And as they go, as they go across, you know, cross country to, to New York to seek their fortune, you see that kind of, you see that Harry has a really kind of antiquated thoughts about women. It's like, you know, men and women can never be friends because the sex always gets in the way. And he, he sees a bit of a, he has, he has a kind of a, like a very know-it-all, I would, a little, almost, a little bit misogynistic type of personality, but then. Yeah. I mean, I think that's. Like when you're 21, which Harry is at this point, um, you you really feel like you have the entire world figured out. Yeah, and, absolutely. And then as you get older, you realize like, oh, no, I was a freaking idiot at 21. Uh, right. Uh, I, and I like I like that they do a nice job with the period looks because like we, we start in 1977 and it picks up five years later in like 1982. And then picks up five years after that in like 1987 and then spans from there to what was then the present day, 89. Um, but they don't, they don't go like caricature E with the looks. I mean, like uh, Meg Ryan has like the Farrah Fawcett do in 1977, but that was a very popular hairstyle. Um, right. Like they don't do. Yeah. They like they don't need some sideburns. <laughs> yeah. Like they don't go over the top to show it's the 70s. Like they don't have him wearing like. You know, bell bottoms and butterfly collars. Right. They don't. And, they don't you know, go full wedding singer with it. Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, although you know, uh, Billy Crystal. I looked it up. He was like forty when he was shooting this movie, and at times, especially in the scenes where he's playing, like you know, twenty years younger, he looks forty. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, he's a twenty-one year old with crow's feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like I'll suspend disbelief that uh, 
this dude with the sideburns is in his early is in his, in his twenties. I'll yeah, I'll play I mean, along. Meg Ryan was like twenty eight when she shot the movie, so she can she can pass for like early twenties to early thirties, which is what she is. And you know, Billy Crystal, not so much, but he plays the part so well, you don't really mind. Yeah, that's true. But I I do like that. I like how in the beginning he's a bit of a He's a bit of a, I mean, he's not a total jerk, but he just, he's like one of those guys who just kind of speaks his mind and mm-hmm. says whatever. But then as the years go on, he does become a little bit more humbled and a little bit, he's not as, you know, as much of a dick as he was in the beginning. Yeah, he becomes a little bit I, I more. I do like that both the characters mature and I like that, I mean, they both, they both have their flaws and they both have their good qualities and you see them working on their flaws as the movie kind of traces them through their lives. and. And you don't have like one that you like more than the other. You like them both as people, but you also recognize that they both have their flaws and their issues that they have to work on. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, um, like Sally is very uh, type A personality. Like um, the scenes where mm-hmm. uh, they're in a restaurant and she's ordering. She's like, I would like it like this, this. I would like this, this, and this. I would like the sauce on the side. And she's mm-hmm. very particular about how she likes her food, and she's like, oh, I just like it the way I like it, and Harry yeah. sees that as, alright. <laughs> and I, from much. what I understand, like, a lot of the traits were drawn from the real-life Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. Like, a lot of Harry's stuff was based on Rob Reiner, because Rob Reiner was going through a single period. His his marriage with uh, Penny Marshall had broken up, oh. and so he was going through a sort of single and depressed period, and nor Efron based a lot of Sally's traits, like the food ordering, on her own stuff. So I feel like the, the film has a really nice balance between the male point of view and the female point of view. You know, it doesn't it doesn't feel skewed towards one or the other, which is nice. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a uh, it's a good balance of how women are and how men are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because like I know I do know a few dudes that do think that like how men and women can't really be friends. I mean, I don't you know believe in that. But like that thought, that is a thought that a lot of guys I know have had, and to see it like you know portrayed on the screen like that, it's like one of those things that guys kind of do think, but you know you've never heard it echoed on uh, on TV or movies or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I mean that that is in many ways like the central premise of the movie, and it feels like women are able to separate the sex thing a lot more than men are able to. Um, you know, like if men have an attraction to somebody, they never really put that away. Like Brian Posehn has a, a great thing, a great uh, bit on one of his albums where he was talking about when he first got married, a lot of his female friends were like, oh, you know, you had a shot with me once, but, and, <laughs> and <laughs> he said <laughs> like several different women, uh, female friends of his, uh, approached him and told him that in, in confidence, like, you know, after he was engaged and he said, uh, but like guys don't have stories like that. And he's like, you know what? Cause that window never closes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, there's nothing that you, that most women could do that where a guy would be like, Oh yeah, no, I don't want to be with that person. <laughs> you know, it's like, if, if you're ever attracted to somebody as a guy, you're probably always going to be attracted to them. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, yeah, I can't, I can't say no, but you know, it's yeah. Wow, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that joke. Shoot, I gotta go back and listen to that one. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll have to find it and send you a link if I can find it. 
Oh, please do. Yeah. Brian Posehn. He's, he's funny. He's good with the stand-em-ups. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's hilarious. He's going to go far in this business, I think. Yeah. Hopefully, he'll get the uh, SNL nerds bump after yes. this episode comes out. So, yes. you know, he'll, he'll be able to pull himself up by his bootstraps after this. But, I mean, we see in the movie, uh, like, Harry and Sally, uh, as they're going on this long road trip together. I mean, it starts out like Harry's just like, well, why don't you tell me the story of your life? we got, like, 18 hours to kill. We're going to get to know each other. <laughs> and, and we just see them exchanging their points of view. And they don't really get along very well at all. No. That's, I, that's another thing I liked about it, too, where throughout the, um, throughout the road trip, you think, oh, they'll, they're going to bond and become really strong friends and they really don't like he kind of talks about death and he talks about you know men and women and you know his his thoughts about everything um and then at one point when they're having uh when they're eating at a diner um he just comes out and says wow you're really attractive like my girl didn't Mm -hmm. tell you how attractive you are and then you know sally takes that as him coming on to him which you know it's understandable under her under her right yeah and um and then, and he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm not coming on to you. I'm just saying you're really attractive. Like, why can't a man who is, you know, with somebody tell another woman that she's attractive? And yeah, you know, she she took it a certain way. And then when they got to New York, you know, there was just like this really awkward goodbye where they're like, "All right, well, yeah. this is me. Uh, see you around, I guess. And then that's yeah. it. And yeah. they're just <laughs> like that. That seems more plausible to me. Where like these these two people just." Go to New York because they're both going to New York, and they just you know he he just catches a ride with this woman he kind of knows through a friend, and then that's they're all like, all right, well, goodbye, and then that's it. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean they literally say, oh, I guess we're not going to be friends, and she says, oh, that's too bad. You were the only person I knew in New York, and we see them going their separate ways. They go to Washington Square Park, and uh, you know, by, right by the iconic arch, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then the movie picks up again five years later. Uh, there, uh, Sally says she's twenty six, and they run into each other at an airport, and uh, they they turn out to be on the same flight together. And Harry, uh, we find out like Sally's in a serious relationship with this guy named Joe. She's been dating him for like a month. Harry is engaged. Uh, Sally is like a journalist, which she was hoping to be and harry's a political consultant they don't really get into their jobs much in this movie yeah i thought the jobs would like kind of play a a bigger part in this movie but it really doesn't although i did wonder i'm gonna jump ahead a bit like when harry moves into his apartment which is huge cavernous cavernous apartment i mean if you think the apartments on friends are implausible this movie harry's in this uh, my God, his apartment is huge. It's like an office. It's like, it's like what? What? It's like it's, it's like the apartment. It's got these great like windows that are bowed at the top, and and it's got this incredible view of the city. I mean, it's like it's like Dana Barrett's apartment in Ghostbusters. It is. I was gonna say it's more like uh, Tom Hanks' apartment in Big. Yeah, yeah. It's like Tom Hanks moved out at the end of Big, and then and then Harry uh, Burns moved in. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I got this great apartment. Apparently, the previous owner turned back into a boy, so yeah. he got the place. He just has to grab his trampoline, and it's all mine. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Harry has a bit uh, when they when they reconnect in the uh, like circa eighty seven where he's talking about he got to keep his apartment after the breakup of his marriage. And he's, he has a nice bid where he's saying like, well, they should really combine obituaries with the apartment listings. You know, it's like, oh, he he passed away. He left behind a wife and two children and a lovely three bedroom <laughs> uh, place with hardwood floors. And uh, yeah, he's he's got a great apartment. Uh, however, Harry ha- managed to hang on to that ap- uh, apartment. Good job, man. Yeah. Part of me was like, what was New York real estate like back in 89? Could Was it feasible for, for a political consultant? To get a place like that? I am sure that this is an unrealistic <laughs> apartment for yeah. the era. I mean, I, I think that's just movies, you know? Yeah. Everybody like lives better than they would in real life. Right. That apartment, my God. I mean, my yeah. God. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, so that, so anyway, they meet on the plane in 82. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they get off the plane. They get to where they got to get to. I think at one point, Harry asks her out to dinner. Just yeah. as just as friends, and of course, she's right? Says, yeah, because yeah. Harry's engaged. I don't know if I mentioned that he's he's getting married, which Sally's very surprised by. But he's like, no, you know, hey, you know, if you meet the right person, you're you're in love. You you want to get married, right? Exactly. Uh, and I think at one point, Harry guesses exactly how long they've been going out. Uh, with how long has Sally and Joe have been going out? Yeah, right. Like he says, oh, will you be going out with like a month? And yeah. he's like, well, three weeks. How'd you know that? And it's like, well, you know, because he drove you to the airport. Like, that's usually still the honeymoon phase when you're still dropping people off at the airport, like, in the first right. few weeks. So there's – but, yeah, so Harry asks Sally out for dinner as friends. She says – she rebuffs him and says no. She brings up the fact that he kind of hit on her back in 77 right? as, as like, a, as reason. And, uh, and she brings up his theory of, you know, men and women can't be friends because sex always gets in the way. And then Harry's like, oh, well, there's actually an amendment to that. If, like, both the the man and the woman are involved with other people, then it's totally fine. And I like that because it's, it's still a little flirty, but it also shows that Harry has matured in the five years since she's seen him. Yes, absolutely. That's Again, that's why I like this movie so much because there is... Some growth and maturity in both the characters, and you can mm-hmm. this this uh, this movie really does a great job of uh, highlighting that. Yeah, and I mean, so they they get along better. They're they're civil, but they still don't really click as people. I would say. Right. Exactly. It's. I mean, it's not like how it was seven years ago, where she was disgusted by him spitting out uh, grape seeds out the car window, right? And um, you know, talking about. Uh, I think at one point they were talking about, I think she mentioned, they had had a discussion in the diner about uh, having great sex. And I think oh, yes. Harry, Harry talks about how she's never, she probably hasn't had great sex. Yeah. And uh, this is a person she, she just met too. Yeah. And yeah. she says she has with her uh, boyfriend or name Shell, Shell, Sheldon. Sheldon. Yeah. And he says, no, you, you haven't had great sex because you can't. Ever you can't have great sex with a Sheldon, you know. I I love you, Sheldon. You're an animal, Sheldon. Do me, Sheldon. And right. uh, this this movie comes hard at people named Sheldon. I mean, <laughs> I, guys named Sheldon must hate this movie. Yeah, I can met young Sheldon and be like, no. I, hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that probably proves the point. <laughs> yeah. I think at one point Harry says Sheldon can do your taxes. Sheldon's good at root canal, but yeah. humping and pumping and pumping is that Sheldon's strong suit. 
<laughs> right, right. It's not. A, it's not a sexy name. It's. I'm sorry. I look. If there's a listener out there who is named Sheldon, we apologize. But yeah, you. You know what's up. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You know. Deep inside, you know. <sighs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, we we pick up the story again uh, another five years later. So it's like 1987 at this point. We see Sally out with her girlfriends. One of her girlfriends is uh, the late great Carrie Fisher as Marie. Um, and what what a great part for Carrie Fisher this is, man. Yeah, she's kind of. I mean, the character of Marie is like a person who's really looking to get into a relationship. Uh, she really wants to uh, also push her friend Sally into a relationship because at this mm-hmm. point, uh, Sally broke up with Joe. Um, yeah. yeah, for reasons that we'll get into a little bit later. And uh, the, the part of me that laughed at this first is where um, where she said that the two of them broke up and like immediately Marie wants to hook her up with somebody. Yeah. And she pulls she pulls out a a Rolodex. Yes. Of, of names yeah. she has. This like, is one of the few things where it's like a little dated. Um, I mean, today, of course, she'd like pull out the contact list on her cell phone or something like that. But yeah, she she has a roller de- Rolodex of single men that she carries in her purse. And and Marie also is apparently she has this bad habit of like seeing married men. And oh, know, yes, that's men are never going to leave their wives for her. So, yeah, she's her personal life has its own problems. Yeah, there's that, and all, of course her friends are like, "Yeah, he's he's never going to leave her. You need to, you need to yeah. get out of this." But yeah, you know, you to, just... this is not healthy. This is not a good relationship. Um, Absolutely. And we, and we see uh, Sally and Marie. They're like browsing in a bookstore, uh, Shakespeare and Company. Oh, well, actually, yeah. Before before Harry and Sally run into each other again, we see a scene that kind of updates us on. On Harry's status quo, we see him with his friend Jess, and we we find out that Harry is getting divorced, and his wife uh, apparently has moved in with our tax attorney. As you do, as you do. Yeah, I mean the, the the raw animal energy of a tax attorney. I mean, you can't look if you need your taxes done. Sheldon's your man. Exactly. That you know what I I really part of me kind of wish that they did name the guy Sheldon. This is like a little. To twist the like knife a, a little. Yeah, but like his name is Ira, which is probably just. Well, is that guy. is that the same guy we meet? We see his ex-wife with an Ira later, and Harry obviously thinks that Ira is like, it's a Sheldon type name because he says Ira with the exact same tone of voice as he said Sheldon early in the film. And I love that they never comment on it. He's just like, "Nice to meet you, Ira," and just the way he says it, you know that. He thinks like, oh yeah, he's she's not having any good sex with Ira. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm. Wow, we're really giving it to Sheldon's and Ira's today. We really are. We really are because apparently they can't give it to anyone else. Nope, humping and pumping is not their strong suit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, like Harry and Sally, they they run into each other again at the bookstore. and they get talking. And again, we we see that they have matured. They've been. They've been they've been knocked around a little bit by life. Yeah, and uh, they've been through some stuff. They've been through some stuff. I, I especially like that uh, discussion that uh, Jess, played by the late great Bruno Kirby, and mm-hmm. Harry have at the at the football game, where where he, you know Harry's telling him, "Yeah, my wife left me, and she wants a trial separation." 
Yeah. And then just says, hey, man, mar marriages don't break up on account of infidelity. It's just a symptom that something else is wrong. And then Harry yeah. says, oh, really? Well, that symptom is fucking my wife. Yeah. yeah. And the, the really <laughs> funny thing is that this uh, conversation is occasionally punctuated by them doing the wave. And they're still joining in doing the wave <laughs> with the crowd at the football game, which is it's just hilarious. It just. I mean, they're not paying attention to the game. They're engrossed in the conversation, but they still do the way when it comes around to them. Yeah. Pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So the two of them meet in a bookstore. You remember bookstores? And uh, I think it was like Shakespeare and Company, if I'm not mistaken. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh -huh. Nice. And uh, yeah, then the two of them meet for dinner because and um, yeah. they have a really, like you said, they have a really nice conversation been mm -hmm. knocked around by life a little bit, humbled, and it, yeah, it's it's a really nice, mature, I mean, grown up. Yeah, they, they bond over their mutual heartbreaks. I mean, because they have they have stuff in common now. They've been through similar life experiences. Like Harry's going through his divorce. Uh, Sally is just had a breakup of a major relationship because she's been with Joe for like five years at this point. Um, although she at, later she says she last saw Harry six years ago. But mm. the, the caption at the beginning says five years later. So I don't know what to think. It's, pro it's probably going on six years. Sally's probably rounding up. Yeah. Maybe it's one of those things where, you know, people don't remember exactly how long it's been since they've done something or seen someone. That's true. So yeah. You could say, oh, yeah, that happened six years ago when it was actually mm -hmm. five. You know, maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah, but they have a good talk. They They talk about what led to the ends of their respective relationships. And then... At the end, Sally asked Harry out to dinner. And I really like that it was that. I like that they turned it around and that we see that Sally actually likes Harry as a person now and that they've bonded and they they are friends. Yeah, exactly. I, I really enjoy that. And uh, like you said, they talk about their past relationships. Harry still misses his wife. Uh, Sally says, you know, she doesn't miss Joe. She misses the idea of Joe. She mm -hmm. kind of, she's kind of kind of keeping the emotions inside like the, the she's repressing thing. a bit i mean her That's character the word. is is generally pretty repressed i would say yeah so she's she's kind of pushing it down and not really dealing with her feelings that much um like harry says to her a little later in the movie he's like i never see that come back on you um like Harry is much more of a surface person. Like she, she, like when they have a big fight later on, she's like, you know, you don't have to express every feeling you have at the moment you're having it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's one of Harry's problems. And and she maybe doesn't express her feelings enough. So right. So they're they're kind of they're kind of the same. But yeah, we're not so yeah. different, you and I. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, and but we we see them. We see the friendship that's developed with them. That they have a type of friendship where they're they're calling each other uh, late at night and watching the same movie on TV. And I've I've done that with with friends. We yeah. we see them going to museums, going out to dinner and stuff. And this is where we have like some of those gorgeous shots we we're talking about, like the the scene where they're just like walking and it's autumn in New York. Oh my god, that's a gorgeous scene, man. It really romanticized the city quite a bit. It's like, yeah. I think, uh, especially there was like a, you know, jumping ahead where it's Christmas time and then it's just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they show uh, shots of the, the ice rink in Central Park and, yeah. you know, people, a guy playing saxophone on the corner and, you know, light snow coming down across the city. 
was yeah. like, oh, wow. This... Like, part of me was like, oh, wow, I really, I, I, I think I kind of missed New York City a little bit. Like, yeah, I, it, it really makes New York look like the greatest place in the world. Right. So this is the movie that caused everybody to move there and raise the rent. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Rob Reiner. So, so this this is the movie that gave us gentrification. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong. Um, and then we have. Uh, I don't think it's too soon to talk about this. We we had the famous scene. This is probably the scene that everybody remembers from this movie. Was is a scene at Katz's Delicatessen where. Harry and Sally are talking about whether or not women fake orgasms and whether right. men can tell if women are faking orgasms. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I, I again, I, I really enjoyed this scene because mm-hmm. uh, in a way it's if you've looked at you know throughout the rest of the movie, it's always kind of Harry saying, yeah, men do this. Women do this. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's still he's always had that kind of like you said, like kind of know it all view of the world where it's like, yeah, guys are like this. Women are like this. And but then in this scene, he comes around saying, "Yeah, no, women haven't faked it with me." And now it's Sally schooling him about, yeah. you know, like kind of opening up his eyes and be like, "Oh wait, maybe I don't know everything I thought I knew." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is yeah, why she, I like she this. Actually, movie. proves her point by faking an orgasm in the middle of the restaurant, and you know, everybody else in the restaurant stops dead, and 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 the the. the the thing that makes it great is like at the end of this, you know, her whole like, yes, yes, yes. And she's like pounding the table and tossing her head back and forth. And she's, you know, putting it all into it. Ooh. And then she just like quietly goes back to eating her meal, just oh. proving completely fake. It was, it was oh. all a performance. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh my, it's getting warm in here. <laughs> and of course, the whole scene is punctuated with a woman. Uh, at the table next to them saying to the waiter, I'll have what she's having. Yeah. Anna. And you know, this is this is a moment that uh, it, it jumped out at me a little bit because s- since the last time I've seen this movie, I've eaten at the real Katz's Delicatessen. Um, and, and by the way, that that used, Katz's Delicatessen was in Michael Che's little intro thing in the SNL's opening credits. Yeah, absolutely. That's where he was sitting. Um, so I've gotten to eat at the real Katz's Delicatessen. And you order at the counter. <laughs> <laughs> you order at the counter. I don't think they have any like wait staff coming to your table. I don't remember that happening when I was there. Now, maybe it was different in 1989. But... Yeah, that makes... Yeah, now I think about it. Yeah, that, like I mean, I was only there once. But yeah, yeah. I don't remember anybody coming over asking me what I wanted. Like you go, you, to... you, you got a number, you went to the counter, you ordered it and then you, you got it at the end of the line. Then you went and found a table. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but they do have a, uh, they do have a sign over that particular table where that was shot now. Cause that's, that's become one of the, fa- those famous movie scenes. Right. And uh, of course, uh, the woman that said, I'll have what she's having, uh, Rob Reiner's mom. Rob Reiner's mom. Uh, <laughs> Rob Reiner, I remember saying, like, you know, if you've ever, I mean, if you've never had the experience of directing an actress to have a fake orgasm in front of your mother, I mean, that's what I thoroughly recommend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but this this scene was apparently, like, this a real collaboration uh, because, like, I, I think Nora Ephron recommended that as a scene, Uh it was Meg Ryan who suggested that 
that Sally proved her point by faking an orgasm in public. And Billy Crystal was the one who, who provided that, that line to button the scene that I'll have what she's having. And just, just a perfect scene, I think. Yeah. And uh, actually I'm looking through the trivia page right now. There's, apparently there seemed to be a number of people that were considered to play Harry before they landed on Billy. Oh uh, yeah. I read about this too. Yeah. Yeah. So like Bill Murray, Jeff Bridges, Harrison Ford was considered uh, Albert Brooks turned it down. Yeah. And uh, I believe Tom Hanks was considered, but I think he turned it down because I believe they said he, it said he thought the screenplay was too lightweight. Wow. Which I'm not. I was like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess it did, didn't speak to him. I mean, it's. It, this is one of those movies where it works so well with the people they cast. It's really tough to imagine it with anyone else. Like, apparently. Uh, Rob Reiner's first choice for Sally was Susan Day. Mm. Uh, and he, he also considered Elizabeth Perkins, Elizabeth McGovern, and uh, uh, Molly Ringwald. Oh, yeah. interesting. And Molly Ringwald, interestingly enough, she later did a stage version of When Harry Met Sally. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Okay. Well, actually, another thing we should talk about that I really liked about this film is the um the couple's interviews that they have scattered throughout this movie yeah we haven't we haven't touched on that that's that's a neat like thing that the movie just periodically returns to it's like you know when whenever the movie leaps forward in time we we have another story from these couples about how they got together and apparently this was they were based on real interviews but the couples in the movie are played by actors yeah exactly i mean like a lot of them a lot of the stories are very sweet, romantic ones where, like, yeah, I knew we knew each other since high school, and as soon as mm-hmm. I, we saw each other, I knew she was the one, and we've been married for yeah. 50 years. And then some are like, yeah, we got together, but then we got divorced, then I was seeing right. other people, then we met up again at a funeral, I was with somebody, yeah. and now we, here we are, married again. You know. I like the one where the, there's the older couple, and the woman just says, I just knew. I knew the way you knew a good melon. <laughs> I love that line. That's a great line. That's a great. I actually wrote that down because I really like that yeah. line too. Yeah. Oh, like ah, uh, just find someone that loves you like a good melon. People. Yeah. That's the, that's, <laughs> that's the dream. Um, and then let's see. We we go. I understand that the after the cat's delicatessen scene, the when Estelle Reiner said, "I'll have what she's having." That line got such a big laugh in test screenings that Rob Reiner had to add on more footage after that because people were missing the beginning of the next scene. Like they were laughing so hard from that. And and you you watch the movie like at home by yourself, the way I just did. It is a long sequence just kind of establishing, Oh yeah, it's Christmas time in New York city. I mean, it's probably like a good solid minute of establishing shots. That's the scene I was talking about. Yeah. I did notice that I was like, it was, like you said, it's, there's like a bunch of scenes with no Harry, no Sally, but it's just them in New York, a lot of beautiful New York in the wintertime shots, and mm-hmm. like, and no one's talking, and that's it. And like, for a while, I was like, why are we, this is going on for a little bit long. We're just, what's, what's Apparently, that was intentional padding, because that was such a big laugh in, in the test screenings. So, oh, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um. And, okay. and we see that, you know, by this point, like Harry and Sally are getting so close as friends. 
that you know they're they're catching feelings basically we we see them right. dancing yeah, together I, on new year's eve they're dancing cheek to cheek and and we see them sort of circle around on the camera and the looks on their faces just get more and more serious and it's it's a really great scene and it's just no no dialogue it's just all through their expressions and that's really great yeah they're really kind of really what's the word uh like they're doing a lot of acting with their faces and just like eyes you see like as they're hugging mm-hmm. each other and dancing you see there's the looks on their faces where they're like, oh, this feels different. We're, I think something's happening right now between us, and I don't know how yeah. to feel about it. Like, you see that look mm-hmm. on their face quite a bit. And it's right, really... Right, because, I mean, well, yeah, they're... It's, very, it's very subtle. Yeah. I mean, they're so close. Yeah, you can tell that they're starting to have feelings for but they're also both kind of scared of it because the friendship is so good, they're really scared of screwing up the friendship, which sex and romance can do yeah because like if you try it and it doesn't work out then yeah you've lost one of your best friends and that that sucks yeah i mean i think at one point harry even says that like yeah i've never had a relationship with a woman that didn't involve sex so this is all really new to him and he doesn't want to screw it up again showing maturity growth yeah and we see um a little after that we see uh harry and sally they try to set each other up with their friends, Marie and Jess played by uh, Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby. And they, they go on a double date together, but it, it ends kind of badly for Harry and Sally because uh, Marie and Jess really hit it off and they end up like getting a cab back together. Cause they just <laughs> feel that spark. Um, they know the way, you know, with a good melon. <laughs> so oh, great melon. Yeah. I, I like at one point where I like at one point where, uh, Sally tries to start a conversation between them and saying, and saying, Oh, Hey, mm-hmm. uh, Harry, uh, you know, Marie, she's also from Jersey. And yeah. he's like, Oh really? Where are you from? South orange. Oh, I'm from Haddonfield. And that's it. It's just no, no and conversation. <laughs> I mean, just cause they don't have that spark. Uh, and yeah. And Marie and Jess do she, uh, Marie ends up quoting something that Jess wrote back to him. Uh, something about, uh, restaurants are to the 80s that what theater was to the 60s and uh, apparently uh, Jess is like this Jimmy Breslin type columnist or, or freelance writer or something th- th- again they're very vague about the occupations yeah I think at one point where like uh where Jess is talking to Sally about Jimmy Breslin and she's like yeah. oh yeah I'm not I'm not a huge into him and then yeah. like and Jess looks upset it's like well he's just one of the people that's inspired me to write but whatever yeah yeah i mean yeah and and we've all been on like bad dates like that where you're just not clicking with the person for whatever reason you just you just don't have that common language um oh oh, indeed yeah uh and then so so those two they hook up they hit it off four months later they're moving in together and we have harry and sally shopping for a housewarming gift for them um and harry runs into his ex helen at the store and she is with Ira. Ugh. Uh. <laughs> Ugh. Ira. And that and that sends Harry into sort of a tailspin. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, he goes all the way off. Yeah, yeah. And he he goes on a big rant when they're at Jess and Marie's house. I remember like the first time I saw this movie, I was a little confused because on my first viewing I was like, oh, oh, Jess and Marie have gotten married. But like later in the film, we see them preparing for their wedding, 
And then I was like, oh, oh, they were just moving in together before. Oh, okay. I've just, for some reason, when I saw this, I would have been like 17 or something like that. Um, I was just uh, assuming because they were moving in together, they, because they got married. Yeah. <laughs> and we just didn't see the wedding. But then later, right. we see the lead up to the wedding. I was like, oh, oh, okay. They were just, they were just living in sin. <laughs> filthy, filthy sinners. Filthy sinners. Filthy. Oh, oh, living in living in but sin against. That's that's the thing I always remember whenever I rewatch this movie. I'm always just like, oh yes, they they're not married. They're just moving in together because they never they never say it. You just sort of pick it up from context clues. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of looked around. I was like, all right, they're living together. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, Harry kind of goes off on because he's still upset over seeing his ex wife with his you know, yeah. her, her new lover. And, uh, like, I think he kind of goes on this tirade about, like, you know, you just, you should just, uh, like, now, while you're together now, this seems like the honeymoon period, but you should, like, write, make a list of what's yours and what's hers now. Before, right. You know, because, like, once you guys break up, it'll uh, all go to, he, he, he uh, yeah. he's a bit of a, he puts a bit of a damper on the, you'll, on the you'll be, well, someday you'll be fighting over this wagon wheel coffee table that. Marie hates, <laughs> and and there's an again there's a nice button on the scene where after Harry storms out, Marie is just like, "Honey, I will never ever want that wagon wheel coffee table." <laughs> <laughs> and it, yeah, it's a cute scene, and it is a horrible coffee table. I liked it. What are you talking? I, I mean, I wasn't... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna fight over it, but it's like I was like, "All right, I, I can see what it is going." <laughs> Well, it's 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 one of those pieces of furniture. It's very much like a a bachelor guy piece of furniture. I can see it not working in a couple's uh, apartment, you know. Uh, yeah, I guess. Like I, I'm sure, like twenty year old Darren would be like, "Oh, wagon wheel coffee table, awesome." Get some. I us. think I think it appealed to me much more when I was like twenty ish, and you know, me looking at it as a dude in his forties. No, it's I'm just like no, that does, that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess what you're saying. Like if I'm sure like. In my twenties, like I, my, I imagine my place looking like a wagon wheel coffee table, maybe a street sign or two hanging up on the walls. Sure, yeah, that's the dream. Pinball, pinball machine, if I'm lucky, you know, something classy. Yeah. I like the apartment and big, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. I mean, did you did you have to like throw out a lot of your stuff when you got married when you moved in with your wife? Um, not a lot. I mean, I, I did have street signs. <laughs> that yeah. I had to get rid of, uh, but for the most part, I was able to keep most of my stuff. A lot of the other stuff I have is uh, still at my folks' place, and I and I got to uh -huh. go through it and toss out some of the uh, older older things. But right. uh, but yeah, wagon wheel table. I ain't mad at it. Okay, all right. <laughs> I ain't mad. At it. Um. So yeah. So. Yeah, and Harry and Sally have this big fight, but they, but they resolve it well and maturely. Um, I like how, you know, after Sally just kind of goes off on Harry, like they're, they're kind of talking about the fallout of their respective relationships and, and Harry kind of goes at Sally a little bit. He's like, you know, you, you haven't gotten serious with anyone since you broke up with Joe and it's like been a year or two at this point. Uh and she's like, well, you've been sleeping with half of the city, and I don't see that helping you out with Helen. And Right. I think, she, I think she says, Harry, you're going to have to move back to New Jersey because you've slept with everybody in New York. And I don't, right. see, I don't see that turning Helen into a faint memory for you. 
Yeah, and I like I like at the end he he's just like Harry's cool down. He just goes, "Okay, you finish." Can I say something? And then he just goes, I'm sorry. And he hugs her. And yeah, I like seeing them work it out. And it's, it's so much more of a realistic thing. It's not, it's not like a movie fight. Right. Exactly. If, Again, if that makes sense. that's why I like this movie so much because of the realism yeah. in it, mm-hmm. you know, you know, large apartments aside, like I, this does feel, yeah. it doesn't feel like a sort of contrived rom-com, uh, regular rom-com with all the tropes and yeah. everything. This just feels like a lot more real, a lot more grounded. And I, I feel like it, that's probably because so much of this movie was drawn from the real lives of like Rob Reiner and, and Nora Ephron. So I think that, that kept the movie really grounded. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so then we, we continue on. Uh, we see all the couples are together uh, playing a, a good game of Pictionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, like, at, at a game night, we see Harry's dating somebody, and uh, Sally's dating somebody, and uh, yeah. of course they do those things where they talk about the other, the person that the other person is dating behind yeah. uh, their backs. Like, and Sally. neither one likes the the person that that the other one is with. Um, yeah, uh, you know, for some reason, after we decided we were going to do this movie, the the line of dialogue that was been running through my head for like a week or more was. Uh, like Sally's illustrating baby talk and and Bruno Kirby's character of Jess, he guesses like baby fish mouth because she doesn't, <laughs> she draws like a bad mouth and, and uh, Billy Crystal just at one point goes, well, ba-, you know, uh, Jess says baby talk isn't a phrase. And, and Billy Crystal just goes, but baby fish mouth is sweeping the nation. For some <laughs> reason, that's the line of dialogue that's stuck in my head. You know, Baby Fishmouth is sweeping the nation. Baby. I don't know why I remember that line, but it's a very funny line. Why a band hasn't taken the name Baby Fishmouth yet is beyond. It's a good me. band name. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, Baby Fishmouth, they're opening up at the Palladium. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're opening up for uh, Real Big Fish. Or I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, both of them are dating people, and yeah. um, they seem to be doing all right. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we get to the big scene where uh, Sally finds out that her ex Joe is getting married. Yeah, and she's it hits her hard. She calls up Harry. She's like, "Can you come over?" And yeah, he he comes over to Sally's apartment. She's a wreck. You know that this kind of sent her on a spiral. Right. Uh, <laughs> and you know she's she's sobbing. She's and and Harry's just trying to calm her down and. Yeah, they bond, and, and he gives her a little peck on the lips, and one mm. thing leads to another, and, and they do it. Yeah, I like how she has some good lines in there where she's, I mean, she basically is really, like you said, distraught because, uh, you know, the reason that they broke up, as that they talked about it earlier in the movie, is that as time went on, she realized she wants to get married and she wants to have kids. Mm-hmm. Joe didn't want that, so they they broke up. Because right. you know, she wanted to family and he didn't. And, and then uh, like less than two years later, Joe meets somebody else and he's able to make that commitment with her with a paralegal right. in his office. Yeah, and she's uh. like Yeah, and she's like, he's supposed she's supposed to be a rebound. She's not supposed to be the one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, and then you know, she comes to the realization it was like, Well, I guess he did want to be married, just yeah. didn't want to be married to me, which is it's heartbreaking. I, if if 
you hear about an ex of yours, like, if you hear about them being with somebody else, especially if, like, you're not with somebody else or if you're not in something serious, and you don't hear about it in the right way, that can really hit you hard, man. Ooh, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that, that can send you down a, a, a dark road. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so. but, like one of the funniest lines I like is where she says, oh, my God, he's marrying somebody else, and I'm going to be 40. And yeah. I think Harry says, what do you mean, 40? When? And she says, like, you know, someday. It's, it's down the line. Yeah. And he says, in eight years. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. And, and, then, and then, yeah, 32, it's a, it's a bit soon to be stressing about turning 40. Yeah, you're, you're going to be fine. And then she talks about how it's this different for for when guys turn 40 than it is for when women turn 40. Like, Charlie Chaplin had kids until he was, like, in his 70s. And yeah. then Harry said, well, yeah, but he was, he, you know, he was too old to pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to add some levity to this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it's like you said, one thing led to another. She's in a very fragile emotional state. and. They yeah. kiss and uh, and then uh, they then they bone. As as Carrie Fisher would say, uh, he consoled her with his penis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that, that was like a Carrie Fisher quote about. Um, I, I it, it was one of the people that uh, her her mother Debbie Reynolds uh, <laughs> uh, hooked up with. Hey now, <laughs> okay. So yeah, but but this part always kind of threw me off because, like. I mean, once this happened, once they have, you know, the coitus, like, part of me thought... (laughs) (laughs) Coitus. It's a great word that not enough people use anymore. I I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So when they have the coitus, like, I thought the biggest, I thought the biggest problem was, like, they were still both seeing other people, but that doesn't really come into play. Like, no one mentions that. So I'm assuming they broke up with the people they were seeing up Yeah. I mean, I... (sighs) I, I, you never get the impression that they're very serious about those other people that they're with. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm assuming they just broke up with the people off screen. I I'm assuming they did the honorable thing. Yeah, um, I guess so. Like, cause like when I I mean once they hooked up, I was like, oh, they're both they're both cheaters. But like they never it never gets brought up. So like even when well, like, I mean, you know what I mean, neither of those characters are significant in the movie. I think they have maybe one line of dialogue apiece. And you never really get to know them as people. So you never, you don't feel in a big way that it's like that they're cheaters. Yeah, I guess you're right. You know, by this point in the movie, uh, you've kind of been waiting for Harry and Sally to figure out that they're crazy about each other and perfect for each other. So you're, at this point, you're just happy that they've gotten together. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, so then uh, next morning, uh, uh, it seems like Sally is okay with what they did, but Harry's kind of freaking out internally about yeah. it you see he's like it's weighing a lot more on his mind and then and, he, and you have that great phone call scene yeah they, they each call like harry calls jess and sally calls marie and and we've got a three-way split screen we've got jess and marie in the middle and they're each talking on their respective phones and then harry and sally on either side and and the 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 way the dialogue is coordinated it and it's just it's just great. I've read that they had to do like 60-something takes of that scene to get the timing right. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, that that's incredible. I could see but that. It, it's, it works beautifully. Yeah, like, it, it, it's synced up really well, but yeah, I could see mm-hmm. it's it, it's pretty uh, intricate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, um, so then they decide to have a talk about it, 
Uh, you know, I think they both agree it was a mistake. Yes. Harry's relieved to hear that it was a mistake. I think Sally's also a little concerned because, like, oh, he just kind of left in the middle, in, in the morning. Right, you know? and she, she kind of knew that was Harry's M.O., but it's yeah. a different thing to be on the other side of it. Love him and leave him. Yeah, especially when it's somebody you've known for 12 years and been a really close friend to for a couple. So, right. yeah. So, yeah, so then... So then that happens, and they, they both agree it was a mistake, but the real, their friendship is never really the same because as we it's awkward as yeah. we said earlier once you, once you bone it's it ain't it ain't it ain't uh it ain't the same it changes things yeah yeah it, oh yeah. it does and, and uh, complicating it further is uh, right around this time uh, Jess and and Marie are getting married, and of course Harry's the best man and. Sally's the maid of honor. <laughs> so they have to be in this wedding together. And, you know, it's still awkward. It's just like three weeks after they slept together. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. That's uh, yikes. And uh, yeah. they have an argument at the wedding. Of course, yeah, that would really happen. Yeah. At, at the reception. A big fight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then it just ends with them not hanging out anymore. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of a bummer. It's like. And we get a montage of Harry trying to apologize to Sally. I love that we see at one point that Harry has bought the karaoke machine. <laughs> at one point, he's leaving a message for Sally uh, <laughs> doing the song Call Me <laughs> using the karaoke machine. Uh, I love that. That's a nice callback. Yeah, I mean, that's just a quality purchase right there. I'm sorry. I mean, that's hours of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, that's just a karaoke machine? What? Not a- yes. You know, cheer, hit, take my money. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, and I also like, I mean, he's he's being cute uh, with his messages. He's like, well, you know, you're not answering, so I'm assuming, A, you're either out, or B, you're home, but you don't want to talk to me, or C, you're home, you desperately want to talk to me, but you're trapped under something heavy. Um, he, he's being cute and charming. Oh, <laughs> uh, answering machines. I remember those things. Yeah. Oh. You know, now, now I'd be calling her cell, and there'd be less reason that she wouldn't yeah. be picking up. Yeah, <laughs> just just text after text after text. If you you know, if you don't hear back after like three calls, yeah, they don't want to talk to you. Yeah, just take the hint, man. Don't don't go down that road, my friend. Don't break out the karaoke machine. Yeah, don't do that. Don't don't be like uh, Jan Favreau in Swingers. That one scene. Oh, oh God! That scene, that scene is so cringe. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, all right, so Swingers is. All right, side note: so Swingers is one of my favorite movies, and yeah. I love that scene. And it just, but still, that scene just makes me cringe every time I uh, see it. Like, oh. It gives me PTSD because Uh-oh. I think most every guy has been that guy at some point. We've done, if not that exact thing, we've done something similarly cringe. Oh, uh, <laughs> guilty. Yeah. Um, but let's not talk about that. Let's let's not let's not let's like not I, go down that road. Yeah, I don't need <laughs> I, I don't need I don't need the flashbacks. But uh, so by this point, it's it's New Year's Eve again, and Harry. At one point, he's like, "Hey, you know, we always said if we weren't if we didn't have dates, if we weren't with somebody on New Year's Eve, we'd be each other's date." And and Sally is just not ready for it. She's like, "Harry, I'm not your consolation prize." Ooh. <laughs> Yeah, so we so oh we got boy. we got Sally at the big party on New Year's Eve, and Harry's just alone and miserable and wandering the city. 
Yeah, which is that part I, I find a little unbelievable because he's like, oh, New York City, the streets are empty. I could just walk around and no one be around. But I feel like there are some people like straggling from party to party in New York on New Year's Eve. Right? Well, yeah, but I mean, he's he's in a part of the city that, you know, everybody's either in Times Square or at a party. I mean, it's it's somewhere between 11 and midnight. So I didn't find it that big of a stretch. Yeah, I guess. All right. All right. All right, Trumbull. All right. I mean, it's it's a movie. I'm going with it. All right. So. But okay. uh, but Harry has the revelation on the street and we see him like, you know, start jogging to the party and just, you know, running to be there on time. And yeah, it, it's very rom-com at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the this is like the one rom-com trope that's in this movie that I will allow. I'll be like, all right, I'll, yeah. I'll let this Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, by this point, you're fully in. You're, yeah. You're you're there. You're invested. You just you just want them to be together, and you don't particularly care if it's slightly unrealistic or implausible, you know? Right, because I think at this point, like, he's walking the streets, and then he happens to walk by uh, Washington Square Park, and he walks by the same arc that Sally dropped him off at 12 years ago, mm-hmm. and then it, yeah, he's like kind of flashes back to all the years he's known her, like at, at the airplane in the '80s, and you know, driving up in '77 from Chicago, and yeah, you know, it all hits him. It's like, oh, all the I, good times they've had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, remember that time we were in the museum and we did those those voices? Oh yeah, and Meg Ryan didn't know how to react, so you see her glancing off screen at Rob Reiner to find out what to do. Right. Remember that? Like, Harry remembers that. <laughs> Remember when you orgasmed at the deli? That was yeah, great. Yeah, good times. <laughs> good times! <laughs> These are the good times! Um, and uh. yeah, so so we, we see uh, Harry break it into a sprint, and he, he comes to the party, and, and Sally's about to leave because she's just so depressed to not have somebody to kiss at midnight. Um, and then, and then Harry and Sally see each other, and Harry gives the big speech. Uh, and it's a good speech. It's a cool speech. It's a good speech, yeah. Like he basically. Yeah. Let me see if I can find it. But yeah, he says he loves her. He just says, "I love you." I, yeah, I love everything about yeah. you. Like everything. And and he he's just like you know I love I love the way you get that little crinkle above your nose when you think I'm being crazy. I love the way it takes you an hour and a half to order something. I love. And and he's like just listing all the things that should drive him nuts, but because it's her, he he loves her, and yeah, and that's very true. Like you, right. you kind of love a person, flaws and all. Right. All right. So this is what he says: I love that you get cold when it's seventy-one degrees out. I love that it takes you an hour to, and a half to order a sandwich. I love that you get a little crinkle above your nose when you're looking at me like I'm nuts. I love that after I spend the day with you, I can still smell your perfume on my clothes, and I love mm-hmm. that you are the last person I want to talk to before I go to sleep at night. And it's not because I'm lonely and it's not because it's New Year's Eve. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Ah, it's a, it's a great speech. It's I'm, a great speech. Bravo. And, and I, I also love, it It does kind, still kind of sound like something you would say off the cuff. Um, right. It's not like, it's not overly written, you know, it doesn't, Yeah. Right, it's not um, like it's not like an Aaron Sorkin dialogue. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where he's <laughs> like, you know, he's spouting statistics and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, like quoting of, 
I don't know, uh, some some Shakespearean Noam Chomsky knowledge. Right, right. Um, it still works, and I love Aaron Sorkin, and he's he's yeah. great in his own way. But yeah, I do I too. Do. I do too. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, but it's it's good, and then you know after that we get another one of those little couple montages, and now it's Harry and Sally telling the story about how they got together, and we find out that they got married like three months after. Oh, and they're like, yeah. it only took us three months. Well, twelve years and three months. <laughs> and you know, and, and it's very cute. It's a, a very cute ending to the movie. I mean, the, the movie still works beautifully. Yeah, again, like I said, it holds up really well. Like it's not, it doesn't yeah. feel dated at all. I mean, you know, just no. because like the main, the main crux of it is just you know, man and woman relationships and love, and right. and that's something that's pretty universal. That that's pretty timeless. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I was really surprised about how much I still like this movie and how much how good it is and how well it holds up. It's like it's like a fine bottle of wine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it still works just as well as it did back in the day. I, it's always fun to revisit this movie. It's uh, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just great. It's it's one of Rob Reiner's best movies. I think it's it's definitely. I mean, this is the movie that Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan are both going to be remembered for. This is going to be like the first line in their obituaries. I think. No, absolutely. Yeah. This and, is. Uh, yeah. And I mean, Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby are both great in it they're great support and it's i mean it's mostly about those four characters i mean everybody else is pretty much just a walk on yeah and that's that's the other thing too where it's it's like you said is the it's not a huge cast at all it's like no. like four people have a bulk of the dialogue in it mm-hmm. and so when you have that like most of the character growth and character development is just based around those four people everybody else is just kind of side characters and you know extras yeah. almost yeah so you by like, the way how how great of a run did rob reiner have as a director in the 80s i I, I looked up a list of his film this is what rob reiner directed in the 80s he did he did this is spinal tap the sure thing stand by me the princess bride when harry met sally misery uh then 1992 a few good men uh, th- then it all comes crashing to a halt with North. Um, but then he got <laughs> the American president. But there you go. That is that is one of the best runs that any director has had. I mean, just yeah. I, I mean, and also the fact that the films are so different. I mean, yeah. I forgot he did Misery and the Princess Misery. and the Princess yeah. Bride. You can't get like because like usually a director kind of stays in one genre. It's like if you're right. a com- if if you're a comedy director, you just do comedies. If you're a mm-hmm. action adventure guy, you just do action adventures. The fact that he did like a horror, then a kids movie, bounced, and he started off doing like a comedy satire. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty right. impressive. I don't know too many yeah, directors I mean, he, that he do does, that. Yeah, he does like a coming of age thing with Stand by Me. He does like a romantic adventure story with Princess Bride, a rom com with Harry and Sally, one of the quintessential horror movies with misery and then he does a courtroom drama in few good men that's that's some range my friend absolutely absolutely oh man but Hats yeah off I mean, to you rob reiner cheers that's... uh yeah I'm, I'm trying to see if this movie won any awards i know i think it won like best screenplay but i think uh, that might have been about yeah, it that's a, that's a good question i didn't look that up um 
me see. I got I got IMDB. Let's see. Let's okay. see if I can find it. They have an awards. Oh, actually, no, I got IMDb. it. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, it was nominated for an Academy Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay, but didn't win. Uh, what won? Golden Globes didn't. Um, that's a good question. What did I win? Harry Met Sally. I don't know. Probably something that, that didn't right? deserve it. Yeah, okay, right. Yeah, four, wins, four wins, seventeen nominations total. I'm seeing. So yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Not best. Best writing, screenplay, written directly for the screen. It won a BAFTA for best best screenplay and best uh, nominee for best film. Won at the American Comedy Awards. Okay, so yeah, no, it's it's done well. It got a lot of the Globe, Golden Globe nominations as well. Yeah, but didn't win any of them. I'm surprised. Like, deserved deserved more love. I think deserved an award too. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's held up well. Over time, they should like oh, they should award Oscars like 10, 20 years after the movie comes out, you know. So Thank can, you. Now, now you get it. Absolutely. So we can see if it like may, maybe have like an Oscar review board, like, you know, 10, 20 years later, we come back and we'd be like, OK, did it did it really deserve this or should it have been this other thing instead? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, all right, I'm still I'm still looking. All right, I'll, let me see. I'll I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google 1990 Oscars now. I want to I want to see what won that screenplay award. We're gonna get to the bottom of this, people. We are. We are. Um. Okay, here we go. Up. Oh, uh. I think it lost a Dead Poet Society. If I'm not mistaken. All right. Uh. Best screenplay written directed for the screen. Uh, Dead Poet Society is what won that year. Yeah, that's fine. I guess. Tom Schulman. Um, you know, good movie. Uh, last time I revisited it, it it didn't hold up as well as I would have liked. It th- that's one of those movies that seemed like really profound when I was like seventeen, and when I revisited it a number of years later, it's like, oh uh, yeah, this seems kind of trite now. Hmm. Um, so it was up against Dead Poet Society, which won, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors by Woody Allen, Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee, mm. and Sex, Lies, and Videotape by Steven Soderbergh. Ooh. Good lineup, that. man. I remember that one. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's some tough competition there, but I get it. I tough guess. competition, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's our episode, guys. I mean, when Harry Met Sally, it still holds up, still a classic. Uh, mm-hmm. one of, like we said, one of the things Billy Crystal will be most remembered for, and Billy Crystal, he, he himself has quite the resume. Like I, it's one of those things where I think I said earlier in this episode where I think people kind of forget, like in the eighties and the nineties, Billy Crystal was kind of everywhere. He was in a bit of a tear. Yeah. He was, I mean, Billy Crystal was having some good, I mean, this is really all the right people coming together at just the right time. And I mean, it, it, it's kind of like that with with romance too i mean because this shows Mm. this movie really shows that yeah harry and sally they're the right people for each other but they weren't not until the right time came around like in 1977 they weren't the right people in 1982 they weren't the right people for each other but you know when they came together five years after that they were the right people yeah very true yeah so i mean this is it's like Nora ephron at the right point in her life uh 
Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan, they're all at the right point, and it's the right people doing the right film. And they yeah. made a classic. Lightning in a bottle, as it were. Lightning in a bottle, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, yeah, and Billy Crystal went right from this to City Slicker. So, yeah, he did pretty well. Another fantastic film. Yeah, we got to cover City Slickers at some point. Another, and also another Bruno Kirby joint. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think Bruno. this is the first thing I ever saw Bruno Kirby in. Uh, this? Wait, this or City Slickers? Uh, when Harry Met Sally. Ah, um, yeah, I think so. I think the same. I think the same. Like, yeah. he's, he's one of those actors who, like, I remember seeing him in a bunch of things, but yeah, this is the one I most remember him for. This and City Slickers. I really like City Slickers, too. That was a a big one for me too, but like, you know, it's a good movie. I haven't, I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, you know, by the way, one of my favorite bits of trivia about this movie is like Rob Reiner. He, he based a lot of Harry on himself or he and Nora Ephron based a lot of Harry on himself. And I remember in the liner notes of the soundtrack, by the way, the soundtrack of this movie is great. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. And all these standards and stuff, but Rob Reiner, he wrote the liner notes and he said, like, this is a movie about how people find each other. And he was kind of like single and miserable and depressed uh, during the beginning of this movie. And then over the course of this movie, he a friend set him up with who became his second wife, Michelle Singer. Aww. And they got married in 1989 and they're still together. Oh, that's lovely. So, you know, isn't that nice? Yeah, it had to be you. Yeah, so I mean, I I bet that played into it as you know as uh, there was a, there was a romance going on off screen too. Rob oh. Reiner was falling in love in real life. Oh, Lamore. Yeah, Mowage. So, Mowage. <laughs> that dream, within a dream. <laughs> that still makes me laugh. Oh, oh. You know I mean. Rob Reiner, man, how He's, good is he? And, and you know, and Nora Ephron, oh, gone too soon. Yes. Uh, All right. Yeah. All right, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's our episode, guys. You think that's it? I think that, I think that's most everything. Is there any other cool trivia? Uh, I think we covered most of that. I think we did. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. Let's 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 land this plane. And uh, okay. yeah. That's our episode, guys. Thanks again for listening, as always. Uh, join us next time when we talk about the new episode of SNL with uh, mm -hmm. Ari Ariana DeBose and Roddy Rich, of course. The uh, Roddy Rich. Yes, of we'll course. The, what he's all about. Yes, the announcer for The Price is Right. We're going to hear him uh, bust out some rhymes. Mm -hmm. I'm looking, for, I'm looking yep. forward to it. It's gonna yeah, be, yeah. It's going to be dope, as my people it's gonna say. It's going to be cool. It's going to yeah. be cool. And uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Reach out mm -hmm. to us. Let us know what's up. Say hey. And uh, mm -hmm. as we have a, we got a Patreon up at non-productive.com. You know, hey brother, can you spare a dime? Give us a mm -hmm. give us some dough so we can keep the lights on and, and uh, keep this fantastic podcast going. And as always, and you can follow. Well, and also, uh, you know, please rate and review the podcast as well, because uh, we that really helps us out. That helps to, you know, boost us up in the algorithms and all that fun stuff. So right. if you like what you hear, uh, give us a five-star review and uh, write a review. Yeah, it takes like a second. Just be like, hey, these guys are great. Send. You're done. Yep. <laughs> That's all you got to do. We, That's all uh, you got to do. That's all you got to do. Come on, man. It's the season of giving. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm talking like that. But yeah, and as, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and, and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. 
And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. So. So, uh, yeah. Tune in uh, next week. We'll be talking about the Ariana DeBose episode. And uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how that plays out. Hopefully it all goes off without a hitch. Hopefully we'll, everybody... We'll have opinions. We'll have opinions. We'll, we'll like some things, but we'll not like some other things. Yes. And, I and think we'll that... talk about what we thought. Yes. Thoughts, opinions, the whole Megillah. The whole schmear. The whole kit yeah. and caboodle. Yes. From soup so, to nuts. From soup to nuts. All right. So that's what we're going to do next week. And we'll, uh, we'll be here. So until then, nerds, nerds out. out. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.